Amen. Right. Am I on? Am I talking? Can you hear me in the back row? No? Have I got this in the wrong place? I'm right? You can hear me? Okay, put your hand up if you can't hear me. Oh, sweet. Look at that. Um, I actually would like this, because I'm not going to stand up the front, so can I just move that? Is it not going to break anything, Morgan? Oh, thank you. What a gentle... Oh, no, it might do. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Cheers. Yeah, good job. Good job. Okay. Oh, middle's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pretend I'm an important person. So, hello, everyone. Um, kia ora. Uh, my name is Janet, and I'm your guest speaker for today. How, how lucky are you or not? We'll just see how we go. Um, now, when uh, Colin asked me if I'd like to have a little speak, he said that I could use the Bible verse he gave me, or he said I could do whatever I liked, and so I said I'll do whatever I like. Um, <laughs> he did, he did um, say that I did need a Bible verse, so I do have actually more than one Bible verse, so we're sweet. Um, so let's get into it. Um, hopefully, we've got a blue screen. I was thinking, we haven't seen much um, blue sky lately, so I thought I'd just give you a bit of blue screen just to, to enjoy while I start this, while I start so some of you may know that I am very blessed to work in an early childhood centre. I am a teacher. We don't get school holidays, which is why I've bought my chocolate. I don't even know where I put it now, but that's okay. Um, I'm also the professional leader, so I'm kind of like the boss, um, but everyone tells me what to do, so that's all good. Now, the centre I work in has a really strong community focus, um, but we also operate within a very gentle Christian philosophy. Um, and... A lot of who I am now, as me, has been shaped by the last 18 years that I've been blessed to work where I work. Um, and I work with, um, I work with Christians, um, but our centre is probably sitting at the moment around 70, 75% non-churched families. And I say non-churched because actually um, I feel that a lot of people have a bit of a connection to God anyway. Um, and the reason they come to us knowing that we're a Christian centre just reinforces that to me. Um, so my chat today is based around the thinking that, um, of my experiences based on a Christian environment that has a predominantly non-Christian clientele. So one of the things, as I mentioned, one of the things that I'm really conscious of is that when people come to visit our centre and I explain to them that we have a Christian philosophy... So many of them then reply back to me, well, you know, I went to a Catholic school or my mother goes to church or I used to go to Sunday school. It's amazing how many of them have had a connection in the past and they say, well, I don't do that now, but I still have a little bit of, a little bit of something. And that always encourages me. Um, as a person who regularly engages with small people, um, I am constantly amazed at how connected they are to God. Um, if being blessed to be in a Christian centre means that we get to do Bible stories, we get to sing songs, we get to tell the children how much they're loved by God, and there's never one that goes, no, 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 no. Um, a really classic example of this is we do a song, Jesus is, um, you know, Jesus is a Precious Lamb. I think that's how we, I'm not going to sing it to you. We, we won't put you through that. But actually, when we do that, oh, Jesus has a Precious Lamb, when we do that song the look on the children's faces, right from little ones, right the way through, is priceless. You can actually see that connection that they have with God. That's just 
you know, it's just inherent. It's just something that I believe quite strongly that we're all born with. Um, but the challenge is that sometimes as, as life goes on, the busyness of life, the obstacles that come our way, the challenges that we face, the fact that sometimes there's no one there to guide us, oftentimes we lose that connection. It is really important for us to remember that God adores us and that no matter what, he would do anything to show us how much he loves us. Um, and that leads me to today's lesson, or today's life lessons, actually. Today I'm going to share with you one of my favourite stories um, by one of my favourite people. That's by Jesus. It's a Jesus story. Jesus loved telling stories, and so I'm going to follow his example. Um, and a lot of the time when Jesus told stories, he actually left the interpretation up to the individual person listening. Um, so I'm going to give my interpretation. It's up to you to go, yeah, I agree with that, or no, nah, what's she talking, load of rubbish. You can have your own interpretation. You're allowed to do that. Um, the story is all about a sheep that goes off on an adventure and ends up getting lost. Um, now, a lot of the PowerPoint presentation, that I, not all of it, but a lot of it is from a book called Cecil the Lost Sheep by Andrew McDonough. Um, you can actually Google that, and he's got lots of stuff online about Cecil the Lost Sheep. You can download all sorts of things, and it's all free for usage, so copyright's covered. Um, so we're all good. Um, but it's also, the original is also in Luke, chapter 15, verses 3 to 7. You can try and follow along as I tell the story in your Bibles, but I am reading from the extremely amplified version. Um, so good luck. Okay, so today's story is called... Ta-da! Life Lessons from a Sheep, the parable of the lost sheep. Okay, once upon a time there was a shepherd. Let's call him Eli. Eli was the best shepherd ever. He loved his sheep with a passion and he would do just about anything for them. He took care of them during the day and at night time he would gather them all together in the sheepfold and he'd sit at the entranceway guarding them from wild creatures and other dangers that roamed the countryside. There wasn't a time when Eli wasn't thinking about his sheep and wanting the best life for them. Eli had 100 sheep, and to him, they were just the most amazing sheep ever. Eli took the time to get to know his sheep. He knew which ones liked to sleep on their sides, which ones were cranky in the morning, and which ones were just a little bit mischievous. In fact, Eli even named all of his sheep, every single one of them. Most of the time, the sheep were happy just to graze on the lovely grass that Eli found for them, or to gather around him at the end of the day. But every once in a while, some of the sheep would single out a smaller or a quieter sheep and push against it. Eli would step in and gently remind the sheep that they were all his sheep and it was important to be kind to one another. So here's our first life lesson. Oh, look at that. Um, Psalm 40 verse 11 says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. If you hadn't already guessed it, Eli is Jesus. Or God, we're going to use both here. Jesus loves us with a passion and would do anything for us. In fact, he did. 
he died for our sins. But not only that, Jesus wants to feel connected to us. He's aware of when we're cranky, when we're feeling vulnerable, and when we feel like we don't belong. As our shepherd, he wants to take care of us. And I think he wants us to take care of each other too. So our story today is about one particular sheep. There he is. That's Cecil. Now Cecil looked like a pretty ordinary sheep. He managed to walk around with the other sheep as they were bleating and barring. He ate grass and he occasionally would go up to Eli for a pet. But Cecil had a secret. Cecil was planning to run away. Life lesson number two from Isaiah 53 verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Probably just the first part of that. We've all gone astray. We've all turned our own way. So I was pondering why Cecil wanted to run away from someone who loved him so much. And I came up with some possibilities. Maybe Cecil felt that no matter how hard he tried, he just didn't fit in. Maybe he was a different yellow than the rest of the sheep. Maybe his wool wasn't quite as soft. Maybe he felt that there must be something more to life than just following the flock and doing the same thing all the time. If we put humanity into Cecil's hooves, then there's a lot of reasons why people wander away from God. If we're born with a connection to God, then what is it that separates us from him? Maybe because there is no one in our lives to teach us from an early age. Maybe we feel that it's too hard to be good all the time. Maybe we get drawn away by something we think is more exciting or more fulfilling. Maybe the hardships in life just block us and we just can't see anywhere past them. And maybe it's because of the way we see God reflected in the people around us. Maybe we hear criticism and condemnation from the other sheep. Maybe people are excluded by others because they don't fit the mould or are seen to be sinners. And actually, I was just talking to my brother, who I don't see very often or talk to very often, um, and I was reminded just very recently that him saying over 40 years ago that one of the reasons he left the church was because of the attitude of the people in the church towards a young couple who got pregnant before they were married. And he just didn't understand that. He just didn't see where God fitted into that. Sometimes it can be really hard to meet the expectation of the good sheep in the flock. Whatever the reason, Cecil decided the time was right to run. So he did. He waited, and he waited, and he waited until he saw that Eli was talking to another sheep. And then he quickly ran to a nearby rock and hid. From the rock, he scurried to hide behind a tree, and then from the tree, he scampered across the hills all the way to the mountains. When Cecil got to the mountains, he noticed that they were rather high and rather steep. Just for a moment, Cecil thought about going back to Eli. But then he remembered that one of the other sheep had laughed because his bar sounded more like a ma 
Cecil felt that he just didn't belong with all of those sheep, so he started climbing. He climbed higher and higher and higher, and the mountains became steeper and rockier and more treacherous. Cecil thought again about returning to Eli, but then he thought that he'd already come so far and Eli might not want him back because he had run so far away. So he climbed a little further, and then he got stuck. Life lesson number three from Ezekiel 34.6. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Sometimes it can seem easy to move a little away from God, to loosen some of the ties that hold us to him, to live our lives our way. However, the challenge comes when we have moved so far away from God that we either don't know how to find our way back or we feel we don't have the right to return to God because of the things we have done. Now, the things we do have consequences. And for some people, those consequences have an enormous hold on their life to the point where even if they want to make changes, oftentimes they're stuck repeating the same patterns over and over again. Now, in my time, I've been privileged to walk a bit of a journey with a couple of people who have had some very destructive relationships and lifestyles. When I've talked to them, they have said that they knew the situation was destructive, but they just found it so difficult to get out of. It was easier to stay trapped in misery than to try and fight their way out. And even when they did find the strength to try to move on, it was and is still an ongoing struggle. So much in life that people find themselves trapped by is so hard to escape from. Sometimes it's easier to stay stuck than to try and escape. Even for the best of sheep or humans, we can get stuck by the mountains in our lives. And it was really interesting prayer time, and, and so many of you mentioned some of the things I've got written down here. Sickness, job losses, marital breakups, mental illness, poverty, fear of failure, all of these things get in the way of our journey. Sometimes we may feel that we're stuck in our faith. We may feel that we want to do more for God and for others, but there are barriers that hold us back from being the people God wants us to be. And sometimes the barriers are our own beliefs about how God feels about us. It's easy to fall into the trap of believing that our sins are less than somebody else's, so that by definition we're more righteous. Romans 3.23 is not a sheep Bible verse, but it says that all have sinned and fallen short. We're all the same in God's eyes. Maybe God provides us with opportunities to stay stuck on the mountain until we learn to see others as he sees them. So, back to Cecil. Well, he sat on his rock and he had a bit of a think. There he is, thinking. He really didn't want to starve and die stuck on the top of a mountain, so he contemplated calling out to Eli. 
But would Eli hear him? And even did he, if he did hear him, would he come? And even if he did come, would he rescue him? Cecil thought that maybe Eli would punish him by beating him with his crook. Or maybe he would drag him down the mountain. Or maybe Eli would send him off to the freezing works. Not a life lesson, so there's no slide, but a query. What stops people returning to God? For some, it's a lack of knowledge about God and about the love that he has for us. For others, it's fear of condemnation. Maybe condemnation from God, or maybe condemnation from others. Meanwhile, back at the sheepfold, Eli was aware right from the very start that Cecil had been finding things hard lately. And even though Eli loved Cecil, he understood that it was difficult living in the sheepfold when you were just that little bit different. But when Eli counted his sheep as he gathered them all together, he realised just how difficult it had been for Cecil. One, two, miss a few, 99... Oh no! Cecil had gone! Eli had a choice here. Next slide. <laughs> Morgan. Next slide. It's there now, sweet thing. <laughs> Eli had a choice here. He could have gone, oh well, never mind. I still have 99 good sheep who always do exactly as I say and never cause me any problems. Really? But Eli didn't. Remember, Eli loved all his sheep, including Cecil. So Eli placed a sheep in the care of a trusted neighbour, Bert, and he set off in search of Cecil. Eli followed the track Cecil had left, the rock, the tree, all the way over the hills to the very steep and very high mountains. What would Eli do now? Would he save Cecil? Would he send him off to the freezing works? Or would he give up and go back to the other sheep? Not a life lesson, but what would Jesus do? Jesus, don't. You can answer here. What would he do? <laughs> he would. Absolutely. Thank you. Should have prompted some people beforehand. Eli started climbing the mountain. He climbed higher and higher and higher. And it got steeper and steeper and really rather difficult. And just at the very last moment, when Eli felt it was getting a little bit difficult and dangerous, he heard a noise. Meh! Cecil had been sitting on that mountain thinking and thinking and thinking and just when he finally decided he needed Eli to come and find him and whatever the consequences would be, that would be okay. He saw Eli on the mountain and he let out the biggest meh possible. Yay, Cecil was safe! So what did Eli do? Did he beat him with his crook? Did he drag him down the mountain? Did he send him off to the freezing works? Nope. Eli picked Cecil up, placed him on his shoulders and carried him back down the mountain, back across the hills, past the tree and the rock, all the way to the sheepfold. And when they got back, guess what happened next? Eli hosted a massive party to celebrate the fact that Cecil was safe and well and back with him. Yay! Another life lesson. 1 Peter 2.25 says... For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
Obviously, if we think of Eli as Jesus, we can see that Jesus is able to rescue us. And Jesus gets pretty excited about this. A bit of a party for the lost sheep. But what else can we read into this? Did Eli read Cecil the riot act, tell him he'd been a naughty sheep, and make him sign a contract that said he would now behave in a proper sheep way or else? No. Eli was far too busy being happy to have Cecil back with him. I think God's a bit like that. If we have strayed away from God and gone our own way, there's no great big long list of do's and don'ts that we have to agree to in order to come back to God. The mere fact I'm calling on the name of Jesus and asking to be saved is enough. I'm pretty sure that Cecil felt remorse at what he had done. Eli didn't make it worse. He made it better. And God makes it better for us too. Now I know that some of you might be thinking here that Cecil needs to repent and turn away from his sin, and I'm not denying that. However, that's a journey that Cecil will make with Eli's help. Cecil doesn't need to be the perfect sheep to return to the fold. I was also pondering the role of the rest of the sheep in all of this. The story doesn't talk a lot about them. At the start, I wondered if maybe they'd been a bit critical, a bit judgmental of Cecil. And I suspect that if this was the case, that when they saw Eli returning with Cecil and throwing a massive party, maybe they were put out. Maybe they were upset by that and said, well, if that's the kind of sheep we're going to have in this fold, we're out of here. But maybe they thought to themselves, well, if Eli loves this sheep, I can love this sheep too. It wasn't the job of the other sheep to tell Cecil how to live. That was Eli's job. And I believe that's the same with us. It's not our job to be judgmental or critical of others, either believers or non-believers. Our job is to love, accept, support and encourage as necessary, but to be glad that we're all part of the same flock. It's up to God to work alongside that person and change them if and as he sees fit. If God asks us to help out, that's fine. Otherwise, we just keep on loving God and those he loves. And just because one final life lesson from John 10, 16. I have other sheep that are not part of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. God is our heavenly father who loves us beyond belief. He is the one who ultimately makes the decision who spends eternity with him. My role and our role in all of this is to love and accept all his sheep without causing them to feel as if they are any less worthy of his love than we are.